In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How was your Christmas? I'm sure I have asked that question a thousand times, and it's been asked of me, and I'm sure it's about, well, what gifts did you receive, and what did you give? How about that meal that you were preparing? Was it really good? Well, it was, we say. Frank tried to fry it, but it was so burned we couldn't taste it. What about the rest of the family that was invited? How did that go? Oh, they were wonderful, we say. It was such a wonderful celebration. What did you do? Well, we had this wonderful celebration, and then, then everybody left. These are wonderful questions, but it just seems that as we ask that question, how was your Christmas, it seems like it's over. There's nothing more to happen. And even though the season of Christmas is 12 days, we don't quite live into it. The tree gets down, all of the ribbons and all of the beautiful bulbs that are on it are put in their boxes and everything is gone. A crush scene, which we have here, beautiful as it is, is taken down. And we're in the world of epiphany, that time where we're looking at the wise men, spreading the word to all of the world. We are event people, aren't we? We look at a time. For some of us, it's the Jaguar games that get our life going. For some, it's, it's other events. A, a symphony starts. And maybe it's that time that the kids come back to school. That's really when life gets going. We are event people. Now, I have discovered that all of the events of my life are on here, on this smartphone. And I'm doing my best as a 73-year-old to make sure that I've got everything that I need to do right here. Now, you've got a smartphone also. And you've got your calendar on here, and you've got your various dates and people and experiences. And let's just see what I had on here for the 25th. Let's see. 10 o'clock, preach and celebrate in Cummings Chapel. Okay. Christmas dinner at Ted and Beebe's at 12.15. And then at 2.30, collapse from total exhaustion. Well, that was my life then. And of course, you've got your life on yours also. We live by events. And it seems that this moves into that, moves into that. In our scripture today, John's gospel holds a very different picture for us of what Christmas is about. John's gospel is about a cosmic creation. As far as you can see and as far as we can't see, God the Word, the essence of God, the creating God, formed everything out there. And then slowly and surely, light came. And you and I were created. Created as people who are living in our world of business, in our world of school, in our worlds wherever we happen to be, and in our world of church, sitting exactly where we are. This Christmas, this event, is ongoing. It doesn't stop with our taking the tree down. 
or our moving out the crash. For God, it seems, Christmas is an ongoing experience, not an event, but an experience of your and my living out this Word of God in our midst. The little baby becomes a man, and this man becomes a healer, this man becomes a teacher, this man becomes the Savior of all of us. And it's almost as if in the Gospel of John, God says, I want humanity to see me face to face. I want everyone to hear me. I want them to touch me. I want to live through their life as I heal people, as I have the lame with me and walking is given to them. I want to live through their lives when the people who are blind are given sight. I want to live their life and I want them to live my life. And it really is about God's celebration, Christmas, celebration of God's being in our lives, and also God's entrusting everything that God has to us, to be people who can live with His Spirit, and live with His grace, and live with His hope, but also be people who can say, no, I want it to stay there. I'm more comfortable with the event of Christmas. I don't want your celebration for everything. And yet this is really what Christmas is about. It's God's entrusting life with us. It's why the early church dared to say something radical. It was that God became man, humanity, so that humanity could become God. That's a radical thought that the early church had. And it's one that we rarely think of because we think of God out there somewhere. The kingdom of God is out there and, and it's separate from us. But Jesus in all of his teaching said, the, the kingdom of God is within and it's among us. It's here. It's not just back there and then, it's here and now. And Christmas is about that ongoing life that, that God lives through us. That life that you and I share with each other here and we hope that we see day by day in our own lives. How is that looking in your life? How's it going for you? Working, going to school, cooking, being a parent, being a caregiver. How is that ongoing life of God happening in your life? I went to Union Seminary for some courses. I was a student at General in New York, but great professors were there. I had to take three subways to get to Union Seminary because I would take it. Raymond Brown was there. Ray Brown was one of the great scholars, one of the persons who knew more about the Gospel of John than almost 10 people put together, and I had to go. He wrote books and tomes that were this thick. Well, I couldn't understand much of it, but I read parts, and he was a dynamic professor and a teacher. We spent three weeks just studying the prologue, which is what you and I read today, the beginning of John's gospel. Three weeks, 
looking at every word and, and Ray Brown saying that this in the beginning, it doesn't stop. For us, the word looks like it happened then, but in fact, in the beginning is ongoing. It never ends. I don't remember a lot that he said. I tried. But I do remember a story. He was talking about a fellow by the name of Joshua Ben Levi. He was a rabbi of the late second century. He was a bit of a radical. He was a rabbi who said, now you're saying this, but let's look a little more closely at the Talmud. Let's look and see what God can say to us as we dive into it and let that text speak to us. And Raymond Brown said this, this quote from Rabbi Ben Levi. There are 10,000 angels preceding you, and those angels shout, make way for the image of God. And I wonder, have I somehow seen in you and in myself that image? How is it that I can be involved in all of the hospital work that we do, all of the teaching that we live into, all of the folks that I've been with you pre-op as your bodies are tense because of what's going to happen, your minds being confused because you're not quite sure what's going to happen, the birth of your daughter's child, and we're tense. Are the angels there for you? Can I see those angels in my life? And when I'm with you and, and you're with all of the folks in your lives, can you see the image of God in each other? I think that if I did, if we did, the divisions that we have would not be there. The wars that overcome the world would be able to cease. The rabbi was not talking about simply Jews and Christians. The rabbi was talking about everyone because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Every one of us. Can we see that image of God? Make way for the image of God. We live on these iPads and these iPhones and we go someplace and we're finished with one person and we say, oh my gosh, let me get back to my computer. And something else happens and we say, okay, let me get back. And sometimes I see at tables, children at the family table, they're not looking at mom, they're not looking at dad or the, or the caregiver, they're looking at their phone for the events of their lives. And I think John's gospel to us today is asking, can you look at the iPhone, the smartphone, and see those events and those people and those times? And as you scroll through, can you see the image of God on their faces, in their lives, such that an appointment is not just an appointment with a person who's got a problem or someone who's got something wonderful to tell you, but when that person sits with you and you are there with them, the image of God flows through them. 
That's what John is saying. Now, of course, Luke and, and Matthew, that is a perspective that is just as real and valid, but it's a different perspective than John. We need both of them. We need to be at the crash. We need to be with the shepherds and the, and the magi, and we need to throw our lives down in our incense and our myrrh and our gold. But we can't stay there. If we live at the crash, we're really not living. All it is is an event in the past, there and then. And John is saying, Christmas is God's celebration and trusting of our lives to live out that word. You can flip through your iPhone through the calendar and you can see every year going back well to about 1910 every day and there were events there were times there were people and then you can go the other way and you can go to 20 25 28 30 and you can see all of those experiences and people and all of those have the image of God on their faces you and I can even turn this totally off. We can push all the buttons and we won't hear anything. We won't see anything. And we won't be able to, to somehow jump onto it and let other people's emails pop into our lives. We can turn this totally off. But it doesn't turn off the Word made flesh. You see, we can't get rid of God, and Lord knows who would want to. The Word was made flesh, your flesh, your friend's flesh, your enemy's flesh, everyone's flesh. And you and I, once we leave this crash, we walk into our world and we see the image of God on each other's faces. And we say, I want to touch you. I want to hear you. I want to be with you. Because you have that word of God in your life. And I really need you.